Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. at the track the hot fast racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass all right race fans let's get rowdy the next 60 minutes will be two men talking one thing and one thing only racing from the third tracks of the Carolinas to the super speedways of Daytona and Talladega, no race is too big or small for this duo. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our hosts, Rowdy Maglite and Kyle Magda. This is the Rowdy Maglite Show. All right, everyone. Good morning, and I hope all the mothers had a great Mother's Day. Spent all day yesterday at the track wishing mothers happy mother's day it was a really special day for a lot of the mothers there uh, especially for the winning mom hey how about that the winning moms uh man if you've never been to darlington give darlington a try for labor day weekend it is they put on a great show not a bad seat in the house you can see the whole track and what a race, man. Started off with the uh, truck race on Friday night. And our good friend from the show, Christian Eckens, brings it home. Great throwback. Uh, we also, at Saturday, it was, it was a, a triple series there. We had uh, the Xfinity race was at 3.15 on Saturday. They uh, had a few fender benders, horrible little stuff, but at the very end, Kyle Larson comes from the very back and, and takes the lead and wins. And, you know, a lot of folks, ah, oh, that's Xfinity. You got a cup driver driving in there. Listen, those guys drive them, race them just as hard as any, any other series. And if you don't race the best, how can you beat the best? So, for all the complainers, it don't do you no good to drive a one-eyed taxi cab driver. You need some real skilled drivers there. So uh, we push it forward. 75 years of NASCAR, some of the uh, the greatest of the uh, drivers out of the 70 years and paid tribute to the others. I tell you guys, uh, it's some of the old timers, they they looking weak, guys. They they they're getting old, and some of them are kind of wobbly. But a big shout out to all the guys that did get to make it and be part of the festivities. So uh, we're going to start off here with uh, Kyle Larson first. Kyle kind of brought it brought it home there, and. Uh, Our Kyle Magda liked it, so uh, it was a bittersweet for some because Kyle's in the cup, but hey, look, 
it it did make him drive. I mean, he had a hell of a race yesterday. If you watched it, a lot of people don't like Ross Chastain, but I think Ross has studied a whole lot of Dale Earnhardt takes and videos, and seem seem to think that uh, racing's pushing and rubbing. So. All right, we are now joined by Kyle Larson, driver of the number 10 Collard Racing Chevrolet, the winner of today's NASCAR Xfinity race here at Darlington Raceway. If you have a question for Kyle, please raise your hand. We will get a wireless microphone to you. We'll start up front with Mike. Mike Embry, NBC. you got to stop with these last lap things, man. They're getting crazy. Did you, did you feel like you were going to lose control at any time on the last lap? Of my car? Uh, I did. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I uh, just kind of playing out the last five or so laps. You know, I was afraid because you know, the first few he was getting away from me in three and four, and I thought that I wasn't ever going to be close enough um, in one and two to uh, to be able to do what I did, get him loose and get inside of him. Um, but the you know, the last three or four laps, he started getting really loose off of four, which so was I, but the line that I was running, I could kind of make my straightaway a little bit longer and, and just exit with a little bit more momentum to where I could kind of just maintain down the front stretch and then I could close on him one and two and then just kind of inch towards in the last couple laps and was able to be close enough um, off of four to set up for one and two and um, do you know, a higher entry into one and, and get my angle just right to where I could throttle up and get to his back bumper there and get him loose and get inside of him and... Um, we then we just ran you really tight to each other into three and uh, we just barely touched into three and then kind of got us both out of shape and and uh, got me clear in front of him and um, you know my he like you know I touched him and then he got in behind me and it kind of turned my car pointed me this way so I'm sliding and hit the wall and um, then was just try to get my I didn't want a wall ride or nothing like that because I didn't want to you'll get a penalty or anything. So, you know, we, we hit the wall and I came off of it and I'm just watching in my little mirror to, you know, seeing where he's at and um, trying to chase away from him a little bit and keep my foot in it. And uh, you hit the wall there, late exit, and um, about the same point when he was getting to me. So uh, just a, a wild, crazy finish, and, and hopefully you know, the fans all enjoyed it. The replay didn't show everything. Did you hit the wall pretty hard there coming out of four? Yeah, yeah, I hit uh, I hit the wall late, um, basically the straightaway off of four, um, just because my car had damage from the time when I, I hit the wall a ton in the center. So then I'm just tugging on the, once I get off the wall, I'm just tugging on the wheel as hard as I can and trying to feed enough throttle where I don't hit the wall too early. Um, and yeah, just uh, like I said, my, my car was, something was bent or broke because I was plowing the exit of, of four and uh, hit the wall there late. We'll go, to, we'll go to Pete and then to Scott and then up to Bob. Kyle, um, after you got assessed that uh, speeding penalty, you dropped back to 30th. How did you stay so calm and told everybody, hey, you know, it's not a big deal. We'll get we'll get through this. How did you know that you'd be able to kind of make this comeback? Well, I figured there'd be a caution um, at some point, and we would be able to put on fresh tires again. So, um I knew that I was going to be able to pass some cars, at least get to the, hopefully the top ten before the you know, caution would come out. We were able to get to six, which was better than I thought I was going to be, and 
Yeah, then we got a, a spot on pit road. Um, was able to get a car on the restart, get to fourth. Then we had that, that final restart, and, and I was hoping those guys were – I knew John Hunter was going to choose the bottom, and I was hoping those two in front of me were going to choose the top. And uh, they did, and in the bottom lane launched really well and was able to come clear to second and then you know, race him to the win. So had one of those guys chose the bottom behind him and I would have lined up outside second row, I think it would have been a different, a different result for me. So um, things just worked out there late. But we had a great car, too, to be able to, to drive to the front. Um, that was a lot of fun. You know, I could kind of run wherever I wanted to and, and not even really lose much lap time passing people. So... Great car. Thanks to Call of Racing for the opportunity to race for them. It's been a lot of fun um, to race for them th these last two days, and um, hopefully I'll get the opportunity in the future to, uh, to race some more. Kyle, Scott Chancey with the Florence Morning News. Uh, in light of some drivers in recent years having won the Xfinity race here on Saturday, they've went on to win Sunday. Do you see today's win as a good sign for tomorrow? I hope so. My, my race car in practice in the Cup Series was, uh, was really good. I didn't – I was um, – Maybe not as fast as some for the first few laps, but my long run speed was was really really good. So um, we'll see. Uh, I, I think I think the Gibbs cars will be better in the race, a lot better in the race than they they were in practice, and they were still really good in practice. So um, you know, I think the 19, in my opinion, is probably the one to beat. Um, he's he's really good here, especially in three and four. Um, he can run the wall better than anybody here by far. So. I think he'll be he'll be the one to beat, but I think we definitely have a, a good enough car to to compete. Just gotta execute a little bit better than I did today, and um, not not make it so hard on myself. Uh, Bob Pockers, Fox Sports. Uh, John Hunter just said it was just hard, good hard racing. I'm curious if you felt it was that way, and he said he hadn't raced you a whole lot, you know, in that type of situation. So I'm curious if you had any question of how he was going to race there at the end yeah no I thought it was I thought it was hard racing um for sure I was uh I actually kind of I didn't have a big enough run down the back stretch uh by him so we were kind of just equal with each other down the down the length of the back stretch and I was nervous of what was going to happen in a three because these cars get really loose when somebody's on your outside so um I was just trying to to, to stay tight to him so I could like arc and and drive in as as far as I could and uh, right at the end of the straightaway, um, we kind of touched, and it, and it got both of us out of shape and got him you know, tucked behind me. So then from there, I mean, we're just doing all we can to both come out the winner. Um, so, yeah, it was a lot of fun. He did a really good job getting by me. At the, in, at the end of the second stage, I was struggling and uh, kind of played out, was playing out similar, um, but three and four just, uh, it was it was crazy. So I was... I was planning on you know, trying to basically do what what he did to me was you know, slide me and um, you know he was going to cross me over and and we were going to drag race to the finish line but uh, we touched right at the end of the back stretch there and it kind of messed both of our momentum up and angles and and our cars were just a handful at that little section of entry of three and then then we were hitting and hit the wall and um, got crazy. I, I know it's split second, but, you know, you hit the wall and bounce off it and into him. Are you thinking, I'm, I'm going to win this race, or are you thinking, oh, I'm crashed here coming to the finish line? Well, I hit the wall so hard in the center of three and four at a bad angle, too. You know, I plugged it with the right front, not really, 
you know, I, I mean, obviously I hit pretty flat, but I hit more. I led into the wall with the right front. So um, I was hoping I wasn't going to be broke. Um, and, and thankfully it, it bounced off the wall and pointed me down because I, I did not want to wall look like I was wall riding. You know, a lot of times you know, when your car is broke, you're just pinned against the wall. So I was hoping whenever I did hit the wall, my car wasn't going to be broke to where I was stuck to wall riding. Um, so, yeah, thankfully it kind of bounced off and pointed me towards the middle of the racetrack. And then, um, like I said earlier, I was just I was, something was bent because I was plowing tight and watching my mirror and trying to get away from him because I knew I didn't know if he was upset with me or or anything like that. So you're just trying to get away from him. And um, then yeah, I hit the wall and and he got to my door at, like the same exact time, and it kind of shot him and wrecked him. So. Um, yeah, it was uh, unfortunate that he ended up crashed. He or I guess he got fifth. Um, so that's good, but uh, just yeah, I mean wild. I mean I don't really know. Like I haven't really seen much, so um, just crazy. Go back to Pete. Pete Yacobelli, Associated Press. Kyle, I know there's a bigger prize out there tomorrow and more work to be done, but how does it feel here on the 75th NASCAR anniversary when you're one of the 75 greatest drivers to come away with a win at Darlington. Yeah, it's uh, this is a, a such a special weekend. Um, every time you get to come to Darlington, it's special. But you know, throwback weekend, 75th you know, season. Um, <clears throat> I think you know, we have like a brunch tomorrow with all of us, so that's gonna be really fun. You know, get to see legends and hall of famers and and everybody you know who's still alive that's on the 75 list so um i really look forward to that i think it's gonna be a, a special you know a special kind of thing and, and morning for me one that i'll probably never forget you know, get to be surrounded by so many great race car drivers so i look forward to that and then um you're great to get a win today and, and hopefully we can cap it off with a win tomorrow too so um just love this place and, and love racing in the daylight too. I, I, I really, really enjoy this track when the sun you'll beam it down on. Any additional questions for Kyle? All right, Kyle. Congratulations. All right, Kyle wins it, guys. Uh, before we play William Byron, William Byron had this race a year ago. Won. I was there, and if you didn't see it or know anything about it, one lap to go, Joey Logano lays the bumper on William Byron, and William Byron goes out, and Joey Logano wins, wins the race. So, you know, there's kind of a little bit of uh, anxiety, I guess, between the two before the race. But I'd like to play them before we go into William Byron. Joey Logano was in on the come in on the deadline room, and it's just a little old uh, nine minute piece. So I'm going to play that real quick. If I can have your attention in the media center, we're going to go ahead and continue on with our pre-race media availabilities for the Goodyear 400. We're joined by Joey Logano, driver of the 22 Shell Pennzoil Ford for Team Penske. We're going to roll right into questions. If you have a question for Joey. Please go ahead and raise your hand, and we will get a wireless microphone to you. We'll start with Kelly Crandall and go to Bob and then to Deb. 
KellyCrandallRacer.com. Joey, um, earlier this week with the announcement of joining the list of the 75 greatest drivers, you talked a lot about it on, on XM. As Over the last couple of days, if you've, as you've thought more about it, can you believe how much has happened in a short amount of time when you think about your cup career? I mean, Ten years ago, you started with Team Penske and look at everything since then, and now you're on a list of 70, the 75 greatest drivers. Yeah, it's, um, it's obviously an incredible honor, uh, especially when you look at the other drivers that are on the on the list, right, and to have your name involved with, with those guys. Uh, you know, a lot of them, the ones I grew up watching racing or some that I raced against, and a lot of them that I remember the first four years of my career kicking my butt, right, and thinking, boy, I just hope I'm in the sport. Forget being on a list like this. Um, you know, and I was talking to Walt Zernicke, uh, this week afterwards, and he called me to congratulate me, and I thought, you know what, it, it's really kind of our award here because I would never have made it if it wasn't for you. So uh, it, it's really a shared uh, thing, right? So um, I was this close of not having a cup ride, and uh, you look at the last, like you said, 11 years uh, to rack up enough stats to make that list is pretty pretty cool for me. Go to Bob, Deb. Scott and Mark. Uh, Bob Hockris, Fox Sports. Um, last week we saw the security, you know, break up the Ross-Noah fight. I'm curious if you feel like that's the right thing, or as a guy with maybe a little bit of reach, would you rather uh, them not to uh, break it up? <laughs> well, it allowed me to sit there and enjoy my ice-cold Coke and watch a fight for a minute. So, <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for you on, on that. Um, I'm not a huge fan of tearing up race cars because um, that's dangerous. But I also say probably not safe to have fights on pit road either if they're not equally matched. Right? You get a big guy versus a little guy, you might rather get run into the wall, <laughs> right? Like I don't know. I don't, I don't have the answer. You, know, you can look at the NHL, and sometimes they let them fight, and sometimes they don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. Usually it never escalates into too much, right? Typically it's just a shove match or people yelling at each other, but uh, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer. I don't know. We'll go to Deb, Scott, Mark. Deb Williams, Auto Week. Uh, Joy, we always hear when somebody wins and, oh, they're in the playoffs now, they can concentrate on getting ready for the playoffs and all. But when it comes to the driver, how does it change your mental feelings? Do you feel relief, like, oh, my gosh, I can just go out and race now, I don't have to worry about this? Or how does it affect, how does it affect you? It's, uh, it's a relief for about a day, and then you're back at it again because it's, it's kind of like one box is checked, but not the ultimate box, right? It's like one stepping stone to get there, right? If, if your goal is to win the championship, okay, well, first we've got to make the playoffs. Okay, now we made the playoffs. Now we need to get as many playoff points as possible to, to stack ourselves into the playoffs the best we possibly can to, to up our chances. Uh, so that's pressure again, right? And then you get into the playoffs, and it's like, okay, we made it to the next round. Well, okay, we made it to the next round, but we've got to, you know, do it again, and it's going to get harder and harder. It, the NASCAR schedule and point system is there to apply pressure all the time. 
it is not like it used to be where you won a race and you're locked into the playoffs and everyone's stacking up pretty close in the points to where you can have a bad race and it doesn't matter. It's not like that anymore, right? With the regular season points that turns into uh, playoff points, right? Race about regular season championship uh, or the top ten uh, in points is big. Uh, every stage is big. Every race win is now big. Like, it's, there's, you can't let your foot off the gas. Like, you've got to go all the time. And the schedule's designed to do that, and the point system's designed to do that, as it should be. That's what fans want. That's why I get a little confused sometimes when fans say they, they want it the way it used to be. I'm like, well, do you remember what that was? Like, that sucks. This is great. Like, the, the intensity is ridiculous all the way through the whole season. And then each round of the playoffs, it just gets more and more. You're, as a driver, I'm never comfortable. And I never go, well, that race didn't matter. I, I never say that. Like, I am disappointed after every bad race because there's a lot on the line. Joey, Scott Chancey with the Florence Morning News. When you were a rookie, Kelly Yarbrough took you on a joy ride around this track. What do you remember <laughs> from that? I'll remember it forever. <laughs> I know that. I don't sit in the passenger seat very often, but when it's Kelly Yarbrough around Darlington, I'll strap in and go for a ride because that's like the coolest thing uh, you can do. And um, I remember some of the things he told me about how to get around this place. And I tell you what, it hasn't changed much since he raced because it all lines up really, really well uh, about how you get around the place and what, what to do. So um, part of it was cool just seeing him, like, sitting in the passenger seat and just watching him wheel it around here. That was really neat, obviously. Uh, but like I said, his advice really transferred over to the modern day, even to today. Go to Mark and then to Jordan. Mark Darrell, PRN. Joey, just looking ahead to next week, how big – of a deal is this all-star race in North Wilkesboro to win it and what do you think the atmosphere is going to be? Well I think the atmosphere is going to be amazing right I mean you got two throwback weekends in a row if you ask me right you got this weekend which is great and then you're going to go to uh, North Wilkesboro which you know is the most hyped race of the year right that's the race everyone's been talking about kind of like the clash before there was a clash what's it going to be like right before we went there the first time now it's North Wilkesboro, and what's that going to be like? Uh, and, you know, the, the, everyone's talked about it. Uh, you know, they announced a sellout a long time ago. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm pretty uh, excited to get up there and see what the race is like. Um, when you add a million bucks on the line, it doesn't matter where we race. It's going to be intense and exciting. Um, but I think the nostalgia of going back there uh, and that excitement that a lot of fans have and, and competitors have as well is added, added a piece for sure. The format's kind of old school, a little bit longer, no no big sprint. You're gonna, you like that idea? Um, you like that idea? Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to change it up until you race it the first time. How do you know what you would adjust? You know, so, um, you know, I think tires are going to be key, right? And, and that'll be important, but, you know, I let it just be a race. Let it be a normal race and, and see what it comes out like. Jordan? Broadcast booth with Kevin Harvick before, correct? Yep. What's that experience like? What's Kevin bring? What's your interactions and like everything? Uh, Kevin's done a, a, a good job up there. He's, he's fun to work with. We've gotten to know each other really well, whether it's flying back and forth to some races together or uh, or being up there in the booth. And um, you know, obviously, he has a uh, incredible um, eye for the sport, right? To kind of know what's going on 
he's been doing it for so long, he can see it very quickly. Um, you know, he's obviously getting a lot of experience up there over the last few years to be ready for, for his uh, next venture. Um, and, yeah, I think he's going to be great for the sport. It's one of the things that I think is is best about Kevin is that he's not just leaving us high and dry. Right? Like Kevin has a big fan following. He is very vocal in our sport in a positive way uh, to make it better all the time. And for him to just race and leave would be, it would hurt all of us. Uh, the fact that he's staying around to go stay involved with the sport and, um, you know, whether it's from just being around or being on TV and, and talking to the fans, I think is all really, really good. No, we really talked about that. We usually talk about race cars <laughs> or kids racing. That's usually the two. <laughs> well, Joey, we'll let you get out to the garage. We appreciate you joining us. Good luck this weekend. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. Joey Logano, uh, karma come back to get him. He didn't make it uh, to the finish line, guys. Like I said, if you go over to YouTube, you see last year's finish. You would say, well, I think justice come his way because uh, William Byron wins it. It was, like I said earlier, it was a shootout. And, you know, we had the Battle of the Titans of uh, shipping on Sunday also with FedEx and UPS competing against each other, which was... Uh, Denny and Ross Chastain. So, when you if, if they have Hendricks, Mr. H here, he's not really happy with uh, what went on there after the race with Ross or right down to the, to the very end. But before we go to William Byron, that, uh, I guess my pick for the weekend was going to be the eight car with uh, Kyle in it. And, you know, I don't believe that car was really in it much. Uh, Kyle didn't play a big... He didn't come and be the factor of the race. But, uh... I I, I really don't know if the wreck shook, shook out there in the wrecks, but... Kyle did not have a, a real good finish. By Kyle Busch, driver of the number eight, Lucas Oil Chevrolet for Richard Childress Racing. We're going to roll right into questions. If you have a question for Kyle, we're going to start with Pete. Hey, Kyle. Pete, Yacobelli Associated Press. Um, how did it feel being, we're honoring the 75th, 75 greatest drivers in NASCAR history. How does it feel being on that list? Did you expect that when you knew it was coming? And what was your, re- your reaction to it? Uh, yeah, no, I think that, um, I guess to answer, did I expect that? Yeah, I, I did. Um, you know, so it wasn't uh, necessarily going to be a surprise, but, you know, I feel like it's a cool honor and uh, a humbling one in that to, to be a part of that group just with my uh, past successes and, and all the people that have brought me to this point of my career. You know, it wouldn't have been possible without the very beginning of time racing in Vegas, um, Legends Cars, Late Models, 
you know, all the way through the ranks to uh, to get to the top, and then all the great team members that I've worked with from you know HMS, JGR, now RCR. So um, obviously you, you you take that as much as you can with um, the accolade and the things that you've done, and to say that you've had a really good career is great. Obviously, hopefully it's not over. Kyle, I, I heard that you thought perhaps you were getting a call to be kind of admonished about something when when you saw the phone buzz about no, it. No, that wasn't me. Yeah. No, you're, you're thinking of somebody else. That might have been Denny. Um, but uh, nobody called me, so, I didn't, yeah. We'll go to Claire, Bob, Deb, and Al. Claire B. Lang, Sirius XM, NASCAR Radio. I was talking to a driver yesterday. I'm like, how hard is it to pass at Darlington? And the young driver was talking about, well, that's where Dale Jr.'s slide comes in, right? What are, you know, slide jobs or how you pass here or what makes it difficult on the driving side of it at a place like this? We always talk about the lady in black and being sucked in, but what is it like to try to pass here or navigate a race? What makes it tough? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that makes it tough is just the, the one groove, one lane uh, racetrack here uh, where it's very narrow and there's kind of one way of getting around turns one and two for sure you go in low you wash up to the wall you turn back down off of turn two three and four is a little bit more racy because you can go low you can go high but as tires wear everybody tends to migrate to the top and be in the top so um, it's hard to find that clean air in order to get you know enough front downforce under your car to make a turn and not get tight behind that guy in front of you so that that's the biggest deficit and that's what makes it really really tough here uh, I remember 2008 when they first repaid this place uh, we were running around I was leading and I caught Juan Montoya as a lap car, and I couldn't pass him for, for 20 laps. And second place caught me and actually got by me, um, you know, for the lead, and then got by Montoya, and I was still stuck behind Montoya, you know. So there, there is a, a trend here of how to, how to make passes and stuff. And the, the slide job, whoever that is with the slide job, better go back and watch recent history because nobody lets you in. Um, so you, if you try to throw it off into the corner underneath somebody and wash up in front of them, you're going to crash because that guy's going to stuff it back on your outside. So um, that doesn't that doesn't happen anymore these days. Um, anybody letting you in? Thank you. Go to Bob, Deb, and Al. Uh, Bob Parker's Fox Sports. You've expressed some frustration with Chastain over the last couple of years. Did you feel like what happened last week needed to happen? And do you think drivers should be allowed to duke it out, or was it good that security stepped in? Um, okay. So yeah, I've had issues with a lot of guys and Chastain's been the most frustrating one because he has it every single week so when it happens with you you know because it's every single week and it's so repetitive with one guy that then you get even more frustrated because it's like this guy hasn't even learned a single lesson any any bullet point of what the problem is there's a common denominator um and he's got an aggressive style we all want to say that he is and and whatever well we're all aggressive to a point because we're all going to push hard and try to um you know make runs or make get spots get good finishes things things of that nature um you know are you talking about afterwards like did that need to happen afterwards yeah um i i don't know if noah was the right guy um i think i think denny has more uh more reasons to do that but uh noah obviously wanted to show his frustration and i think noah had somewhat similar philosophy as i did where it's like the same guy all the time i'm not going to I'm not going to take that crap and, and, you know, go up to him and confront him. But, um, you know, I, I feel like security stepped in about 10 seconds too quick. So, um, you know, you let one guy get a hell of a 
hell of a hit in and then you block the other guy from getting a hit back like you gotta like at least let the guy try and then maybe get in but um i would seriously um urge nascar to go with some hockey rules you know once you get to the ground we're going to break it up or once one of you guys looks gassed you know we're going to break it up so um let them get a good 30 seconds in it's going to be way better for tv and ratings are going to go off the charts Followed by a five-minute major in the hauler. Let's go to Deb. Deb Williams, Auto Week. Um, Kyle, every time somebody wins, we hear, oh, they're in the playoffs now. They can just focus on getting ready for the playoffs. For you, psychologically, how does a win affect you? Do you just kind of relax, not relax, but go breathe a sigh of relief and go, okay, I'm in the playoffs now. I can focus on just racing, or how does that affect you? Yeah, no, I definitely change. There's a, a lot of things that that change in that, and so by being able to get a win, I would say yes, it it relaxes you to a point where you're able to say, okay, I'm in the playoffs. You're not stressed out about every single move all the time, um, you know, and what positions gained or lost are, are going to do for you. I would say for us, for me right now, having the wins that we have, I'm still super, super frustrated in our last couple of weeks and you know, now dropping 12th in points, I think it is, or whatever, you know. So um, I'm still under the, the mindset and thought process to get as many points as we can, get ourselves up the points ladder. We need to be able to contend for stage points. We have probably the least amount of stage points this year of anybody. Um, so it's it's very frustrating in, in that respect for us. So we just got to get our act together and, 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 you know, run up front. A lot of that's on me too, like uh, me speeding on pit road, right? I've I'm winning that award this year, but I'm also number one rolling on pit road this year too. So, um, you know, what's the risk versus reward there? We're gonna, we're always gonna push, and having that win allows you to push, right? It allowed us to push fuel at Talladega to grab another win. Um, you're gonna put yourself in some, um, you know, tighter spots uh, on restarts and things like that because you do have that win, and you're gonna be a little bit more aggressive. And um, you know, as long as you don't look like Ross Chastain, you'll be fine. We'll go to Al, then to Jordan. Yeah, Kyle, Al Pierce from Auto Week. Is the pressure to win, whether internal pressure or sponsor or whatever, is the pressure to win these days creating more drivers willing to be aggressive more so than maybe 15 years ago? Yeah, I think a little bit of this car and the parity of this car allows drivers to be more aggressive and push harder because they feel like they're the difference and they need to make up the difference if they're not running up front or contending every week and so they're going to push harder and run into more stuff and run into more guys because they're trying to get a better finish or or whatever out of themselves and so you know you used to have cars that had a little bit of discrepancy between them when you go to the racetrack and the good guys that ran good would know that they were good and would race for wins and then the others that are you know 12th on back know their know their place and they're going to run 12th on back well now those guys 12th on back think that if they do some things on restarts and whatnot to get themselves further up front, that they're going to finish further up front. And they're not 100% wrong, um, but there is there is a, a place in there where you're, you're, you still got to find your home in the running order. We're going to go to Jordan and the Chris. Jordan Bianchi, the Athletic. Have you and Ross, have you tried to have a conversation with Ross, or is that kind of like the Denny Hamlin thing where it just fell on deaf ears and it really wasn't worth the time and the energy? <clears throat> yeah, I talked to him. I think it was either after the Darlington thing with Harvick here or, or his next one after that. And he asked me a couple questions, and I talked to him about it and just 
you know, told him don't be the headline every week and chill a little bit and, you know, don't push and force as hard each week. Like, those two, whether Harvick won or whether Chastain, he would have looked a hell of a lot better finishing second to Harvick than he did with a crashed car here at Darlington, you know. So he just, yeah, no, he hasn't learned. He hasn't listened to anybody. I'm sure there's more than me that just try to talk to him. So um not sure what, what that is. I don't know the guy. Don't need to know the guy. Chris? Chris Weaver with Fox 8 WGHP High Point. Kyle, looking ahead a couple of weeks to the Coke 600, we lost Bruton Smith this past year. What kind of memories do you have about him and the way he ran things and the way he evolved the sport over the years? Yeah, to me, Bruton's just a, a class act. I mean, he obviously um, has a knack for fans and um, putting on a show and, you know, hired one of the best of them, Humpy Wheeler, long, long time ago to run Charlotte Motor Speedway. And, and so he certainly, um, you know, has, has done a lot for our sport and with SMI and all the racetracks that they have. And seeing and having a vision of a lot of different things that have come through and he's kind of led that on to Marcus and I feel like Marcus has really uh, done a great job of, of being a visionary as well and trying things not being afraid to try some things a couple of them probably not so good ideas um, Texas repave but um, the you know the rest of it but with Bruton I mean give the guy and the family credit where credit's due they they put a lot of time and effort blood and sweat into our sport and uh, it's very appreciated no? No, Lewis, TSJ Sports. Um, Kyle, you know, back to the, the fight steal. Um, you know, we've seen also that there are times where crew members get involved. I think with you and uh, Logano years ago, you kind of got taken right down by crew members. Same concept where the crew members should all stay out of it. They want to protect you guys, but kind of stay out of it, let you guys handle it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, yeah, to a point. If it, I don't know what the rodeos are eight seconds right i mean a round in boxing is three minutes there ain't a damn one of us that's going to make a round of three minutes i'm going to tell you that uh so uh if it's 15 seconds 20 seconds 30 seconds whatever come up with a number start the clock let's go go to mark i think like speaking of humpy wheeler should not have given him that idea years ago um Mark Humpy, Humpy could probably make it three minutes in a round. Yeah, yeah. He was a ring guy. He yeah. liked that. Yeah, yeah. I used to watch him and Bobby Hill and Spartan is up near his office there. Yeah. Um, Mark Carroll, PRN. Kyle Austin had a chance to to test tires up at Wilkesboro. Was up there that day. Given maybe some of his feedback, what what kind of race do you expect up there, and how much are you looking forward to uh, North Wilkesboro and the All Star race there? Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting for sure. Uh, the the, the tire fall off and the racetrack um, is by far the worst I think we'll ever see. Um, you know, so 50, 60 lap runs on tires that you got to go is, is, I mean, that's a long time anyways, but, you know, it's not quite 100 laps like late model races or modified races that are going to run there uh, next week. But um, still, I, I think you're going to have to figure out how hard to push. You know, if, if you're a guy up front, do you, do you push? for a little while if you're a guy in the back how much do you ride you know is is the field going to catch up and and are you going to go a lap down things like that nature so um you know i'd i'd look at josh berry probably today as being one of the absolute best at that that world coming in through the late model stock ranks that he did i remember a race he ran at myrtle beach it might have been the last one at myrtle beach where he fell all the way around to be about a lap down to the leader and rode there in front of that guy for 40 laps and then with 30 to go or something took off and drove all the way back around past that leader and won the race. You know what I mean? So I have no clue how to do that. I, I remember me racing at 
Berlin trying to ride around and save tire, and then the caution came out. There was a restart with 10 to go or 15 to go, and I was like, all right, I'm going to go get them now. I had nothing to go with, you know. So that's the biggest thing that I see sometimes is, like, how hard are you pushing? Really, you don't, you kind of don't know um, until it's time to go. But I think you're going to see different different strategies. And if that race goes green the whole way, it's going to be way more beneficial to the guys that, that are up front and have the track position versus if a caution comes out, it's going to be way more beneficial to those that rode and saved a little bit. Kyle, thank you for joining us All right. this morning. Yeah, Good luck, Good morning, everybody. We're going to start today's Goodyear 400 media availabilities, and we're joined on stage now by Ross Chastain, driver of the number one Worldwide Express UPS Chevrolet, and the former driver of the UPS car, NASCAR Hall of Famer, Dale Jarrett. We're going to start with you, Ross. Ross, talk about uh, just the honor of being able to run that classic Dale Jarrett paint scheme out on the track Too Tough to Tame. Yeah, it, it, look, it's all sinking in right now, just walking in, um, and I'm going to do it. I've known Mr. Jarrett for a few years. He doesn't like me to call him that, but I uh, I have, and, and just uh, in passing in the garage and talking and talking on the phone, um, he, he called me after after my first cup win, and, and we talked for a little bit that night, And um, but then walking up here and knowing that we're walking up here to do something together is absolutely incredible, so I, I can't even think about uh, what it's going to feel like to pull out on track in that car yet. Adele, you had two vehicles that were honoring you this week, and Coach and Josevar's truck last night honored you, and then Ross's car, and then you're going to drive the pace car for tomorrow's Goodyear 400. That's got to be quite an honor for you. Yeah, uh, quite the weekend here, and uh, you know, this is such a special weekend anyway, uh, without it being the 75th year uh, of NASCAR and celebrating that, and, and then having all of the the 75 greatest drivers, as many could get here, uh, special weekend. But then to, you know, see how the teams and, and drivers and sponsors have bought into to this event uh, for this weekend, uh, the throwback, uh, it's just incredible. When Ty Norris first called me uh, about what they were going to do uh, with Ross's car, uh, it was exciting, you know, to see that. had no idea, you know, you, you see a lot of these paint schemes, and they, you know, understand that they have different sponsors and things, but to see that car... Ross's car and and see just how much it looked like my car back then uh, aside from the numbers just uh, uh, amazing and uh, just hope he has a good weekend you know the first time that I ran that paint scheme uh, here uh, I was able I didn't have the fastest car that day uh, but somehow we won so uh, uh, those are the good days when you can do that and uh, hope that Ross uh, has that kind of success also and uh, it's just fun to be a part of it and uh, you know I had admired Ross for a lot of years here. I enjoy his talents and watching him race and uh, look forward to tomorrow's race. Good deal. We're going to open up the floor for questions. If you have a question, raise your hand. We'll get a wireless microphone to you. We're going to start here with Bob and then go to Jordan. Uh, Bob Pockers, Fox Sports. Uh, Ross, yesterday you said you don't want to be fighting, but I'm curious, what's the trigger point? What's the point where, for lack of a better term, you feel like you have to take things into your own hands? Uh, I don't have any preconceived you know, ideas of what that would be. Uh, it was, it's more just you know, in the moment, living and, and reacting, um, but knowing this is this is big time auto racing. This is not hockey. So, um, you know, I, I I stand by last week what what happened, and um, I'm not saying that every time in the in the in a little bit different situation it's going to react like that. I I want to talk to guys and 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 you know have conversations, but uh, last week was too far. Go next to Jordan, then to Mike, then to Al. 
Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. Uh, you said you and Noah kind of talked it out on Monday a little bit. Can you walk me through that? Did you approach him? Did he approach you? And what was that conversation like? Yeah, he called me Sunday night. I was still in the garage, actually, and, and I didn't feel like I had really the bandwidth to, to think about it or talk about it. I was uh, just happy we got out of there with the top five and, and uh, was ready to get home. And then I called him back Monday, um, set up to, to Hickory to run a late model stock. I'm kind of doing a lot of this racing stuff backwards, and uh, now I'm driving a late model stock at Hickory for the first time. And, and so called him on my way up there, and uh, we talked for a little while and, and – um, you know, was in a really good place, and then both went to Millbridge Monday night, and, and with the Chevy program, we ran micros and had a blast, and uh, just bonded over over fast little sprint cars, and um, and uh, was good, and just just laughing and joking, and um, been good at the gym all week. The mic, and then the owl. Two things, Dale. What what was your approach to conflict of this sort when you were driving? Tempers flared, things got out of hand. How did you deal with it? Yeah, um, much the same way. I mean, you, you try to talk things out. Uh, I mean, you want to do it as quickly as you can. Right out of the car, most of the time, is not the best time, but it's sometimes the most convenient time to do it. And um, depending on which side you are, you know, if you're a person that felt like, you know, something went wrong there uh, that, that created your incident, then you're more apt to go try to find that situation. And, um, again, that... It's generally not the best time, but I, I wanted to talk face to face, and I know a lot of things are done over the phone and and through a text message, which I don't know how you can ever get something across in a text message the way that you want. But um, <clears throat> I know it's a different world. But but my way of doing it was I wanted to meet face to face as soon as I could, um, uh, and if we could both cool down a little bit from the situation, uh, do that. Um, had times that you know it got to. A heated situation. I don't. I, I was trying to think back this week because I was asked if, if there was ever a situation where a punch was thrown. I don't. It came close a few times, but I, I can't ever remember anything like that. But I totally understand it. Um, you know, this is. You know, people. You know, we're, we're sometimes a little quick to condemn people for certain situations. Um, you have to understand that the competitive nature first and foremost. And then you've just been in a race car for three, three and a half hours, and, you know, you're hot, you're tired, uh, and the last thing that you want is somebody putting their hands on you. You know, talking's one thing, but um, I totally understand Ross's situation, and I think that's a tipping point, you know, it's for, for most people, most competitive people, that, you know, you, you've crossed the line right there. And, uh, but it's good that they could talk it out and get things done. The cars are different now. The tires are different here. But is the way you race Darlington, you think, still pretty much the same? How you set up a pass, where you pass, has, has any of that changed much? I, I can't see that it's actually changed that much. You know, I know that speeds are certainly different and, and the way these cars apparently drive and the, the challenges the drivers have. But we've all had challenges through all the different eras uh, as to what this racetrack presents. And I think it's the same challenges that I watched my dad go through. Um, you know, it's not he and I were just talking Thursday night uh, about when he won the Southern 500 and won by 14 laps. You know, that's obviously not going to happen. That was a uh, high attrition rate. Uh, it was a very hot day. They're going to encounter uh, hot conditions tomorrow, but, you know, the, the equipment is so much better. So it's always been something along that. But, you can look back through the years, the, the races, uh, 
the, the things that have happened, where they happen, uh, a, a lot of the same things through the years. And, you know, the one thing that you, it, figuring out, you, you, you have to attack this track, uh, it, but in a way that you can do it for a long period of time. Uh, I think probably David Pearson was the very best at that. He made this look easier than it is. Uh, but, but for most people, uh, this is hard because you do have to attack so hard uh, and, and so often. Uh, you, you can't just ride around here uh, at any point in time and, and get yourself in a position to try to win. Go to Al, then Good. to Mark, then to Claire. Good Dale, Al Pierce from Auto Wheaton. Your dad was known as Gentleman Ned. He hardly ever got any kind of conflict. You sort of learned from him because I don't know that any of us remember a time when you were maybe accused of being a dirty driver. Has the sport changed to a point now where you almost have to sometimes be a dirty driver? Whereas back in the day when you were driving and your dad was driving, you might be able to win on talent in car alone more so than just on attitude. Has it changed that much? And the other question is, how is your dad? Okay. Um, let, me, uh, let me address this first, that, that talking about a dirty driver. The way that Ross, and I know that he gets, he's in the conversation a lot because of his driving style. I, I've seen nothing from Ross that, that he is a dirty race driver whatsoever. Is he an aggressive driver? Absolutely. Do you have to be more aggressive today than maybe in the past? I, I think there there's merit to that, that you, you, you're, you better be a little more. I, I've said a number of times, I'm not sure how I would survive in today's world as far as a driver goes because I know the style that I had. I know the style that my dad had. Now, you know, because there weren't as many cameras back in the 1960s, there were times that my dad was in things. I remember those. And uh, I asked David Pearson once in, a, in an interview that I said, you know, my dad was called uh, Gentleman Ned. I said, did you ever have any run-ins? And David's answer was, well, I, I never called him Gentleman Ned. Uh, he wasn't that to me. So, um uh, so there were there were times it just wasn't as publicized. You know everything that these guys do now. Every, I mean, we have slow motion of every move and and are able to critique and criticize, if you will. Um, but uh, you know Ross's style is is his style and it's very good. And as I told him on the phone the other day, I hope he doesn't change that because of of pressures that come from uh, from outside. Uh, he has to do what got him here and got him opportunities, and, and I hope he continues that because it, it's, a, it's a style that um, has suited others well through the years. It, you know, it's not for everybody, and we don't want, uh, and I talk we, the media and fans, we don't want everybody to be the same. Uh, and, and so, you know, I think this is, you know, his style and the way he's going about it. Getting blamed for everything that goes on on the damn racetrack is getting a little old, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, hell, guys on the opposite side of the track are saying it was Ross's fault. So, getting a little ridiculous. But, um, um, yeah, I'd, so, that being said, yeah, my, my style was, was different. I went about things. There are a lot of these guys, I wasn't as talented as them, so I couldn't do the things with the car. I had to do things my way. Uh, and a lot of that was from the way that, I watched my dad and the things that I learned from my dad and, and, and even from David Pearson and uh, looking at him through the years. Uh, to answer your question about my dad, my dad was hoping and wanting to be here. Um, he 
over the last eight to ten days has gotten it. We don't. It, there's nothing wrong. It's just you know, I mean, he's 90 years old, but he's just he gets really, really tired. So it's you know almost three hour drive down here and then back home and then being here tomorrow with the heat and everything. Um, yeah, he doesn't get around fast uh, anymore. Um, I, I'm not sure if it was all of that combined or if it was the fact that he knew that my brother Glenn was going to be the one driving him down here and he wasn't sure he could put go through riding with him for that long a time. But he's doing doing pretty well. Uh, we, we sat in the other night. Uh, I intentionally bring up races um, about from back in the 1960s. And, you know, he can't remember talking to me two hours ago, but uh, he'll tell, tell me lap by lap and who he's still pissed off at in some of those races. So. Uh, Zach's doing okay, uh, playing in Gastonia in the Independent League, so still trying to make it, and got a few offers from, or talks going on with some major league teams, but we'll see. Still going well. Okay, we're going to go to Mark, and then we'll wrap up with Claire. Mark Carroll, PRN. Ross, how do you look at leading the points at, at this particular point? How important is this regular season championship to, to you? And is it more important now, those bonus points and the fact you haven't won and they, they, those, those playoff points can come in handy? So how, how do you look at all this right now? Yeah, look, I, I'll always take one more point than one less. And, and it's just a, in today's world, it's just you're just trying to grab as many points as you can. Um, you know, I missed out on a really big opportunity last week uh, by not staying out for that stage two um, late restart that the 22 end up winning. Um, that would have been a, a, you know, execute on the restart, win the stage, and then reset only a couple spots back. And, um, you know, Phil Surgeon made the call to stay out and to do that. And I saw how many people were pitting, and I um, errantly decided to pit. So those little things, I just look at, like, I missed 10 points right there. But everybody's missing chunks of points every every stage and every uh, every race. So, you know, I, I think that um, it's it's big. It's it's so crazy to think that we're leading the points, but then again, it's not. Like we we belong there, and, and we belong to be parked at the front of the of the the garage. I I've been here for this spring Darlington race and parked second from last. So it's pretty wild to walk down that same line. Um, and I still catch myself yesterday coming in uh, ahead of the truck race and in Cup Tech and just walking purposely from this end to that end to just look at it. So. Um, I still take those these moments to try to try to realize what all this is. This isn't always going to be the case. We're not we're not always for the, the rest of the time. We're not going to be the Cup Series points leader. So some special times right now, um, and uh, we keep running like this. You know, I, I fully believe the wins will come. Claire, Claire B. Lang, Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. I really enjoyed Dale's comment about don't succumb to pressure from the outside. I know your team doesn't pressure you. Uh, are you feeling that pressure? I was listening to the podcast of Kyle Larson with Brad Sweet, and he said, I, I like it. He said that Ross Chastain owns it. you got to say it, he owns it. And he said he's moving the needle and that he may end up being more popular than Chase Elliott. And I'm wondering if you're feeling the pressure from outside. Certainly I know the fans that like you are you know, probably piling on on it. What are you feeling? Are you feeling that pressure? And not from your team, you know? Right. Well, I think there's two things, right? There's there's on the track and off. And and on the track, I am I'm I am I'm comfortable making these guys uncomfortable. And that's going to not always go across come across well, but I'm 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 okay. Get out of the car and I'm learning to be comfortable in this role. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not the guy that grew up 
wanting to be on camera. I did. I wanted to be like my dad. I wanted to farm watermelons. I wanted to be like all the other guys in our town and, and that we knew that I grew up around. And I wanted to drive my three-quarter ton diesel truck to the farm and, and work and, and grow a crop and go home. And um, you can go out there at the field. You can go all day and never see anybody if you want to. I mean, everybody thinks about Florida and the beaches, but you, you come inland where we're at and, and there's... <laughs> There's nobody out there, so it's you know it's uh, it's something I'm growing into off the track, and and I don't always you know sometimes I'll get on camera and, I'll, and I I see it when I watch it back I'll kind of bring my draw in and and protect you know in my mind, but um, just being myself is the best thing I can do, and if people like it they do. Um, you know I'd say last night at the truck race it was maybe 70-30 cheers to booze, or I'm I'm interested to see what Sunday is. Uh, but no matter what, um, I'm proud to be, you know, moving the needle, and, and I, I hear it, I see it. People come to me uh, either online or in person, and, and uh, they're, they're telling me the good and the bad, and, and I kind of just walk away, and I'm like, that's pretty wild that they're watching my racing, and, and they care that much. So um, I'm learning to be comfortable in that role, too. Well, gentlemen, thank you for taking the time to join us this morning, and good luck to both of you tomorrow. Thank you. Yep. Thanks. I'm nervous about my job. All right, we're going to go ahead and get started with our NASCAR Cup Series post-race media availabilities here at Darlington Raceway. We are now joined by Rick Hendrick, team owner of Hendrick Motorsports, and Jeff Gordon, vice chairman of Hendrick Motorsports. Um, also important to note that this is the 100th win for the number 24. Um, so, gentlemen, if you would start us off, um, just your reaction to that incredible stat. Well, obviously a great, great day for the 24 car. And, uh, you know, I think back of, to last year here at Darlington, a little bit of redemption, too, uh, for William Byron and that, and that team. But, yeah, real special. I mean, this weekend's special with, with all the throwbacks, especially that 24 uh, throwback meant a lot to me. Uh, you know, a lot of memories from 50th anniversary year. And was that 98, I believe, and, and that car and that paint scheme. So uh, certainly it was, it was great to see it on track, but to see William – uh, perform and the whole team performed the way they did today too and, and they had to fight back you know they, they had track position good car and they, they had to work on it uh, a little bit throughout the race as well as uh, got a little bit behind on, on one or two pit stops but they just hung in there and they were at the right place you know at the right time to, to capitalize there at the end and then you know great restart so um, yeah re- really really happy for that whole team and and they I mean this year I feel like it's been just a phenomenal year for, for Rudy and for William and and that whole 24 team, they've just been performing at a very high level every weekend, and that's why they've they've won the races that they have. You know, anytime you can win at Darlington, I didn't realize it was, had been since 2012 was the last race we won here, and we won uh, with with Terry, and we won a lot of races here. I remember the that wasn't that the steam engine that you won here? Yeah. yeah. And uh, so it, it's it's great to win. I, the cars were good. It, the Toyotas looked extremely fast as the race started. And, and we came back, and the adjustments they made were really good. And it's so good to see William win. You know, to think about him as three wins now this year, more than anybody. And feel sorry, feel bad for Kyle because he had a really good car and drove the wheels off of it. And, Hate to see that happen at that stage of the race, but uh, this is a good place. We're we're 296 wins now. 
couple in, so we're looking for 300, and hope we can get it this year. Well, congratulations. We're going to open the floor to questions. We're going to start with Mike, go to Ben, and then work our way back. Mike Henry from NBC. Rick, you've been stacking up wins over the past months and years, but like you mentioned, it's been 2012 since you guys won here. Is there an easy explanation for that or just coincidence? Uh, Joey Logano hitting William in the ass, you know. <laughs> Kyle Busch. <laughs> yeah. Chase. Yeah. There's a, if you go back and look at it, you can, you can see exactly what happened. We were, we've led laps and we've been in position, but, uh, you know, one of those situations like that, when you see a caution toward the end, and uh, we thought Chase had one one. We think William had it one last year. Or was it last year? Yeah. And uh, and Joey got him going into turn one. So, you know, it's a hard race. Uh, it's a you know, long race, and things happen, and you can be in the catbird seat, and then a caution comes out, and, you know, people pit, don't pit, and then you're, you're in a box. But it's just it's tough to win anywhere in this sport right now. You mentioned 300. You're closing in on that. Any uh, any celebration in particular in mind? Kind of a big sale at the at the car shop, or, or what you got planned? We're talking about. It. We really we really want to celebrate 300. So it's going to be a an awesome year when we can do that. We'll have a huge party with all of our guys. We'll try to get all the drivers that have won a race to come back and uh, join us. So you know it, it's. It's a milestone, you know. I never thought we'd catch Richard, and now to think about 300 wins, it's uh, it's amazing. And uh, you know, we like to celebrate those victories because that's a real milestone in the sport. So, big party, and and you can get cars on a deal any day, any day. All right, let's get a Ben White. Okay, Ben White, uh, Fayetteville Observer, for this for Jeff and Mr. Hendrick both. It seems like uh, William is just calm as a cucumber all the time, just cool. And is he that way in the car and also outside the car? I mean, he just seems like, you know, you get drivers who are just all over the place in the car and get upset and stuff. Is he that way in the car? Well, well I was standing right there with him on pit road last year when, when he didn't win the race because he got knocked out of the way by, by Joey. And I would not have considered that a calm, cool, and collected William, <laughs> uh, but he does hold it, hold it in, and composes himself well. And and you know he just just puts his head down, gets through it over the next couple of days, and goes on to the next one and puts it behind him. And that's that's what great race car drivers do. Yeah, you know I I think we've seen it more this year and maybe last year when he's running up front and something happens, he gets really somebody gets into him, he gets upset, but. You know, he's calm in the car, and he does great feedback, and Rudy does an awesome job. And, I mean, to look back at William and see how he's matured over the years and how good he is now, it, it's pretty amazing uh, the lack of laps he's got, you know, to be in the position he's in. But he's smart. He works hard. He's in the simulator all the time. He's He puts a lot of effort into the program. The only thing I'll add to that is... is Leading laps, winning races, competing at, at, at you know up front almost every single weekend, racing with the competitors he's racing with. That builds your confidence in a way where you can be more calm because you know something might happen that get, gets you behind, but you you got confidence in yourself. Your pit crew, your team will get it back, and and I think that's what I'm seeing. Uh, you know, kind of evolution of William and, and the whole team this year. Yeah, let's go to Dustin and then Jordan. 
Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Rick, uh, while you're celebrating a win by one of your cars, the number five could have been in contention to have won today and involved in the incident with the one. It's the third time he's been damaged by the one, and either directly or indirectly the last month. Has Ross Chastain crossed a line? I think you can ask any driver in here that he's wrecked or been involved with him. He, you know, he doesn't have to be that aggressive. And I guess at this, at this point in the race, maybe you're you're super aggressive, but you just don't run people up in the fence or, you know, just he's not gonna he's gonna make a lot of enemies. Out. It's hard to win a championship when you got a lot of paybacks out there. And uh, so I, he's got so much talent. I think if he just Calm down. That uh, there's a time to race. Dale Earnhardt uh, told me. Dale Earnhardt Senior told me one time. He said, "You know, I won't name the driver who drove for me, but he said, uh, you know, he's got all the talent. He just doesn't know how to race, and uh, and meaning he just knows when to race, when to push it. Uh, he's got a lot of talent, but he's making a lot of enemies out here. And I mean, Kyle, now this is this this one in Dover and." You know, it just, uh, it's, it's getting Talladega. It's really getting old with these guys. And obviously these guys are competitors, but this is a, another Chevrolet driver. So um, I don't care if he's driving a Chevrolet if he wrecks our cars. I don't care. And I've told Chevrolet that. If you wreck us, you're going to get it back. And if you don't do it, they'll run all over you. So, you know, I'm, I'm loyal to Chevrolet, but when somebody runs over us, then... I expect my guys to hold their ground, and not, I'm not going to let them ask them to yield just because of the Chevrolet. And one last thing, thank you, is um, do you have to get involved, or is this all about Kyle? Uh, I know Kyle typically is not a confrontational type of person. That's not in his nature. Is that something that needs to be discussed at a higher level, or is that something that Kyle's just got to stick him in the wall at some point? Well, I would think Justin would – have a conversation and say, you know, we're going to, you know, it's going to be hard. Again, if you have a lot of people, you know, wanting want to pay you back, then it's hard to win a championship that way. And he's got talent enough to do that. And uh, But we don't want to get knocked out of, if you look at the points that Larson's lost because of that and the, the race here today, I mean, you you know, it's just, you, I think somewhere in the stages he was all over uh, Larson. So, I mean, it's, we can't, the drivers have to settle that, whatever I say to the owners or NASCAR. NASCAR wants to get in it. They did with Jeff Bodine and Dale Earnhardt when I was going through all that, and they put a stop to it. But this doesn't reach that But, but no, but this, no. And this, and this is just not between two guys, you know, so. Thank you. Yeah. Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic, uh, kind of a follow-up question to this. Uh, Cliff Daniels said over the radio, maybe this is just him kind of venting, but he did say like he wanted Chevrolet to step in, or at least hinted at it strongly, that Chevrolet should step in. Is that something that you would like to see happen, just to, to kind of maybe kind of cool everything down a little bit? Well, I don't know if Chevrolet can cool it down, you know. I don't know that. It's, it's going it's, to uh, – that's not the way they usually operate. It's either NASCAR or the drivers you know, or the owners. But, you know, you've heard the pit crew say before, hey, we, we like it. We don't care if people like us. We just, we're here to run over and win. But, uh, you, you know, if, if it doesn't change, he's going to have a hard time winning a championship. 
And there's questions for Jeff. Jeff, I, I think it's fair to say, like, you know, Kyle's a, a mild-mannered driver for the most part. Like, he's not somebody who's going to go out there and, and shove people around, that kind of thing. Is that something you have to kind of push for him to do to kind of respond to this a little bit, or is that something that it's just not his nature? Well, yeah, Kyle's got to you know, work within what he's comfortable with, and some people are really comfortable pushing and shoving and, and have no issue spinning guys or putting them in the fence, and, and Kyle's, you know, a guy that, that, you know, you have a lot of respect for him because of the way he races, and, you know, but he knows when to be aggressive, too, so I think it depends on what's on the line, you know, when, when it's maybe, a, a, you know, for the championship, if that's what it's going to take, but I think Kyle, you know, is the kind of guy that, if he if he you know leans on somebody he he's going to make sure both of you come out the other end that's his his you know kind of responsibility in, in the way he carries himself so um, obviously having multiple incidences um, and it's a long list that that Ross is now <laughs> a part of but uh, you know I I don't anticipate Kyle changing the way that he races uh, guys knowing Kyle the way I do. All right, we're going to take two more questions. We're going to go to Pete and then to Bob. Pete Yacobelli, Associated Press. Um, Mr. Hendrick, that letter came out earlier this week about uh, team owners wanting NASCAR to continue negotiating for a good, good rights settlement. Why do you think there's pushback on the charter, permanent charter situation, and what do you think might happen next? Well, I think it's a complicated situation when you look at uh, permanent charters and I think they've got a, they they at least we met with them the other day and they're listening and I, I just think uh, you got the TV deal on the table and I, I think NASCAR's listening so we'll you know we'll see if we can get something worked out that everybody can live with Jeff uh, I know I think you were part of the go been part of the negotiating team do you uh, do you think that the negotiating team is still being listened to by NASCAR? Because I, I, Danny Hamlin came out with some comments the other day that he didn't, he wasn't sure that. It Danny was. Hamlin came out with comments. <laughs> I'm shocked. I, I'll be honest, I have not seen any of those. Um, you know, I think we're still having good conversations, as Rick mentioned. Um, you know, with with NASCAR, obviously they're right in the middle of, of negotiating with the TV. Uh, you know, networks and partners there and, and, and how that's going to all be packaged together. And, and so, um, you know, we, we all want the same thing. We all want to have uh, a sport that's thriving, that fans love, and great competition like, you know, what we saw on the track today, and, and also have something you know, that works out economically for, uh, for, for the teams, for the tracks, for NASCAR, and, and everybody involved. So I, I, think, I think we're – we're, we're in a good place, but, you know, we're also making sure that, that NASCAR knows kind of, you know, where the teams stand and how united they are. All right, we're going to take one more question for uh, Jeff and Rick, and then we're going to let them go. We're going to go to Bob, but before we do, I want to introduce our race winner, William Byron, and our race-winning crew chief of the number 24 Hendrick Motorsports Chevrolet, Rudy Fugel. Go ahead with your question, Bob. Yeah, I had two for Rick. Um, Alex Bowman talked to us a little bit earlier today. He said that he's doesn't know when he'll be back, that he's getting scanned in a few days. I'm curious, like, when would you, if those scans said he's okay, would you encourage him to race right away? Would you want him to maybe wait till after the 600? And then also, have you reconsidered your kind of stance on extracurricular activities? Yeah, I don't want him snowboarding anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, I want him to be right when he gets back in the car, because when you got a 
an injury like that. It was, you know, he, he would like to be back in Charlotte. He's seeing the doctor this week, and he's got to get in and out of the car. they got to put the belts on him and see how he responds. Uh, that's, a, that's a terrible injury. If you come back too early, it can, it can mess you up for the whole year. So uh, I want him to be right. And he's listening to the doctors. He's, he has started working out. So I think it's a good shot. He'll be back pretty quick. But uh, we, hadn't, we haven't done the test in the car with the straps on him and, and the harnesses and see if he has any pain. And then yesterday, uh, Larson actually won in the scheme, which I assume was, was pretty close to you. i uh, just kind of curious what your emotions were yesterday after that win. Oh, I, you know, I, I like to see Hendrick Carr's car wins races. And, uh, you know, that's, that was a good day. It was, he drove a heck of a race. And, and uh, I would have liked for it to have been my car or, or, or JM, JRM car. But, uh, you know, it, 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 you know, he wants to race. They had a, they had a car, and it was, it was going to work. So uh, I was excited. I love to see him win whatever he's in. Jeff Frick, thank you for spending some time with us, and congratulations. Well, at the start of this press conference, I shared an um, interesting stat with uh, Jeff and Rick that I want to share with you guys as well. This is the 100th win for the number 24. Um, your reaction to that? Yeah, we were uh, we were well aware <laughs> on the team. Um, you know, it's kind of that hump we wanted to get over pretty quick. I think I was I was a little bit anxious about it. Um, you know, getting those two wins early in the year and then and then trying to get a third is is tough. You know, in the sport, everyone. It's so competitive, as we saw today. You know, you had four or five cars within, you know, a chance for the lead. So, um, yeah, just good to get over that hump and, and uh, good to get that um, monumental win for the number 24. It's been a really special uh, number to me already. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, like you said, we, we were we were well aware um, and working on it, you know, since Phoenix. But, um, yeah, it's, that number is iconic and being sitting next to the two that just just left here is uh you know still gotta pinch yourself to, to know you're working for them with them and uh and, and winning races on the 24th so um, just proud to proud to get 100 one number 100 all right we're going to start in the middle here with chris and then come up to mike Chris Weaver, WGHP, Fox 8 High Point. This is for both of you. You can both answer a little bit of this. What is it about each other that has you finding where you are now with three wins this year? Uh, what do you see in each other that encourages the other, and, and how does all that work? Um, I think that we just, at our core, we trust each other, you know, in the decisions that we make. So I think that that goes a long way in this sport because a lot of times, even if we don't make the right decision, the right choice on a restart or the right um you know, adjustment or whatever, like we finally, we get back to where we uh, need to be because of that trust. So I think that's what, what it takes. Yeah, the trust. And then I think each one of us, 
has picked each other up at different times. Different parts of the team has picked each other up all year long, so you prove that, you know, it's a team. So it's uh, we we've known that we try to build that culture on year three, but um, it's uh, it's getting there for sure. All right, we'll come up here to Mike and then go back to Pete. Mike Embry, NBC. William, were you aware that Harvick's car was <clears throat> somewhat wounded there before the final restart, and did that factor into how you raced at all? Uh, no, but I was aware that the guys behind me had some damage, so I was kind of picking a little bit based on that, but also the history of how each person races. So, you know, every restart's different. you got to, you know, understand the characters around you, and um, I felt like we went with the decision that um, obviously put a little bit in the hands of the people around us, but also was, I would say in my head, coming to the restart was 75% the right right choice. So um, I spent a lot of time debating in my head you have a lot of time to figure it out but i felt like i made the the decision that made the most sense you had a really good view of all the crazy stuff happening at the front there over the last 20 laps or so and it seemed that the green flag you really took off to get away from harvick which is obviously what you want to do but were you concerned that he might attempt something that the other guys had racing for first over those last laps um, no, because I feel like, I mean, he's going to do whatever he can to to win, obviously, but it does matter in the sport how you race others, and, um, you know, I think with the one, like, you know, he had done that move earlier in the race, and um, it had come back his way, and then, and then on that restart with, you know, him, them two, by, you know, lined up in front of me that I kind of knew what to expect, so that was part of our decision making there, and then coming to that final restart, you have to kind of put that in the memory bank and think about, okay, who are the people that I'm up against in this situation? And um, we try to make the best decision based on that. Pete. Hey there, Pete Yacobelli, Associated Press. William, that's what I wanted to ask you about. Um, were you prepared before that next-to-last restart that, that Kyle and Ross were probably could get into a situation like that and so you were prepared to just avoid whatever whatever situation they were in? Uh, yeah, we talked about it. You know, that all those things, like emotions, if they factor into decisions, are important for us. So um, we talked as soon as the caution came out of what we thought was going to happen, and Rudy did a great job filling me in. Um, obviously, I can't listen, but I can assume based on all the information. So we try to make the best decisions, and I felt like today we, you know, we, we grinded our way through this race. I mean, it was a tough, tough race for us, but we kept our heads in it, and that's what made us make uh, good calls at the end to get us in a position. I mean, I don't think we really thought we could win in the first restart when there was that big wreck. Then we started to get a glimmer of hope, and then we started to go to work on, okay, what are the things we need to do to, to win it? And I also wanted to know how much did last year's finish here kind of affect you coming in this year? Did you think about it a lot? this weekend or did you just put it out of your mind no no i don't i mean i think i came here being excited to race at darlington i felt like it would be a tough weekend because of you know some of our fall off the previous week so i was hopeful that we worked on it and we did and we had a good long run car um you know so i was just kind of thinking about those things i mean just the just really the things that that matter to us and our team um and we went out and put together a great day i mean it wasn't going to be the day we hoped for, 
Um, but that's how it goes sometimes, and that's kind of what we said on the radio. We're like, man, we surprise ourselves. All right, we're going to go up to the press box for a question from Jim Utter. Go ahead with your question. Jim Utter, motorsport.com. Uh, congrats, William. Uh, when you first got out of the car and they were asking you about the win number 100 for the 24, uh, you said that you were thankful that to get the opportunity to drive that car, but you also said you felt like maybe you were too young at the time. I was just wondering what is it years later now that has made you uh, come to the realization that maybe that was the case? Yeah, I think I'm just honest with myself and um, reflective, and I felt like I feel like I'm a different person than I was when I stepped in the car, and it was a lot of pressure, you know, driving the 24 no matter what way you slice it. You know, it's it's a, a big number and has a lot of meaning and being with a team like this. So, um, so yeah, I feel like I'm, that growth process happened, and I don't really look back and say, you know, I don't compare myself to then. So, um, and I have different people around me that really know me. So uh, it's, just, it's great what we built, um, and, yeah, it's different. Thank you. Any additional questions up in the press box? No. All right, we're going to go to Bob Pockers. Bob Pockers, Fox Sports. Uh, William, last year I want to say you won two in the first eight races and then didn't win again. So I'm curious Thanks how. Thanks for the reminder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious if those thoughts start going through your head after two early wins this year. And then, I mean, I want to say that. Ten races is a long, or nine races is a long winless streak. But like, did you feel that this year was going any different than after your two wins last year? For sure. I mean, I think we had kind of a a chip, you know, and and a little bit of just um, trying not to let that happen again. And so we've we've been probably overexerting ourselves a little bit just to make sure that we don't repeat. And I think now we're we're safely in a groove here where you know we got to continue our processes continued what got us here um but it's it definitely feels different than what we had last year where i felt like after we won those couple races we were kind of you know we had just kind of a false confidence i think and uh we've learned from that i have and uh, i don't i don't intend on doing that again to jordan Jordan Bianca, the athletic, uh, for both of you i guess you, guys, you look at the stats this year laps led you know average running position that kind of thing stage wins. Do you, do you guys feel like you, you should have more wins than you have right now? I mean, this is this is the hardest form of motorsport in North Amer- North America. I mean, it's 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 hard. They, you know, we run up front and we win you know, lead a lot of laps and put ourselves in position, but you don't always win, you know, so we'd, we'd like to win more, but it to me it's the process. It's how do you put yourself in a spot to to practice well and then qualify well and then race well and lead laps and that's what we're doing week in and week out, no matter type of track. And uh, that's what we didn't have last year. You know, we kind of, Atlanta's a win that we, you know, was, was what it was, and Martinsville's on its own. And, and a night race, it was 40 degrees, you know, so we weren't <clears throat> dominating being in the top three or four. But we, you know, we consistently have the best running position of anybody in the series. And that's kind of, that's what we're doing. You don't always win those races, unfortunately. So, um I, I just want to know how to do the, you know, that our team can can compete like that. Because if you do that and you put yourself in a position to win, you're gonna you're gonna win the races like today where we weren't the best car, but we were close. Um, no, I mean Richmond was hard to swallow because we, you know, think our mo together is get the best finish that we can, and 
at Richmond, you know, we went from battling Martin for the win, probably going to finish, maybe going to finish second, and then go to 24. So that one was the hardest of the year to kind of go back on Monday and be like, man, what happened? But, um, yeah, other than that, I mean, I don't know. Races can go any, any way, I feel like, but certainly the statistics show, which I'm a big stats guy, is I look at, you know, our running position, like he said, and uh, stage points, and it looks pretty good. So we just got to keep the process that we have going because it's obviously working. You, you look at the last few years, Harvick in 20, um, Larson in 21, you could throw Hamlin in that mix as well. There's basically a group of guys that have kind of dominated and kind of asserted themselves way clear of everyone else. Do you feel like you guys are capable of that and that's your ceiling? Um, I think if we – I mean, I think we'll look back at today and think about the things we could do better, and I think that's gonna that's how we're going to get better. And I think when we come back here in the fall, if we apply all those things – um, so yeah, I think it's we're on a good trajectory, but I don't I don't really look at like potential as much as I just look at okay how can we improve. So there's still a lot to do, but think about North Wilkesboro. I got a late model race on Tuesday, so I'm gonna think about that. All right, Rudy, we know you have to get to inspection. Thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate yeah, it and you. congratulations. We're going to go back to Chris. Chris, Fox 8, WGHP High Point again. Um, you brought it up. You're going to Wilkesboro Tuesday night race in the late model races. What do you think the fans' reaction is going to be to being back in that place? I'm watching you and a bunch of other cup drivers Tuesday and Wednesday night. And what do you expect out of the race leading into the weekend to, into the uh, All-Star race? Yeah, I mean the track looks gorgeous. I think it it just really looks nice. The whole the whole layout of the place uh, has that feel of kind of a Wrigley Field or um, you know just a historic place that has a new newness to it. Um, so I'm I'm excited for it. I think the late model race will kind of get me ready, running the truck race after that, and then running the Cup race on Sunday. So lots to do, and feel like we don't really know what we're getting into yet. So we got to get. I don't know. I think I practiced at one o'clock on Tuesday. So. I'll tell you after that. To Jordan. Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. Uh, we kind of touched on this maybe a little bit the other day, uh, kind of talking about the fighting and stuff, but you look at with Ross and everything today, um, what would it take for you to, to maybe want to confront him and send a message that this is, you know, this isn't how you want to be raced? I mean, I got to preface it with, honestly, Ross and I raced pretty good, so... Um, you know, I think he was a little bit better than me at times today. And, um, you know, we kind of traded positions here and there. But I do think some of the things I've seen feel like they're a little bit over the line. And I feel like that's, whatever that line is has to kind of come back down just a little bit. I mean, there's there's a certain point when wrecking is just not the answer. So I don't know what that would um, entail. But, but, yeah, you just, you know. There's a line, right? Like we all have pedals and steering wheels, so um, there's a way to uh, to give it back. And um, I just saw a lot of wrecking today, so I didn't really like that. I I thought we had some really good cars out there, and uh, could have maybe settled it out that way. Got a bomb? Oh, did you anticipate Ross trying to pinch Kyle up high? And so were you like thinking, okay, I'm gonna stay at probably as low as I can and 
can keep <laughs> momentum uh, on that restart. Yeah, we talked about it on the um, under the caution. We talked about just what was going on and whether we felt like that was going to come into play again. Um, I was surprised that the that Ross got the lead um, on the the restart. I guess they were really close side by side, so he got the lead. And then, uh, you know, I, when he chose the bottom, I wasn't surprised. Um, so I chose the bottom too. But I felt like what I really felt like was going to happen was somebody on the top was going to lose momentum because he was going to take that line away, and I didn't think that they would wreck. But um, obviously, it happened, and um, you know, we we rolled on by. I was kind of hopeful that they would get choked up, and I just go to the bottom three wide and uh, clear them all. Any additional questions for William? Kelly? KellyCrandallRacer.com. William, so you said you're a staff guy, so you know where you stack up against the competition, but do you feel like this team gets the respect or gets recognized as it should for what you guys are doing and where you, you should stack up in this garage? Um. I mean, I've heard a lot of different opinions, you know, um, but I think as a team, I think, and statistically, I feel like we're right where we need to be. So um, there's a couple other guys that are really close um, or even a little bit better in some categories. Um, you know, uh, Kyle has been really strong. I feel like he's really fast on some of the, some of the bigger tracks. Um, Ross has good stats. And so, yeah, I look at all that stuff, you know, lap sled, um, average running position, all those things. So I feel like in most of the things I've looked at, I feel like feel like we're pretty good. I do have a couple areas that I feel like we could improve uh, and we'll keep working on. So you feel like you're a top five driver in this garage right now? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Definitely definitely that. It's just it's really hard to separate at the top. I feel like there's a, a few guys that could win um, every week. So being in that little bit is, uh, is tough, but, you know, sometimes they go your way and you just try to stay, stay up there in, in contention. What about winning at Darlington? This is a place that, of course, gets a lot of recognition for how tough it is, and there's always talk coming into every Darlington race weekend that, you know, experience is going to win out. You're still a relatively younger guy, but so what does winning at Darlington say, or how, or how, what does it mean? Yeah, it's, um, it's a track that takes a lot of patience, but also aggression. Like, you can't, you can't leave, you can't run at 90%. You've got to run at 98 or 99 but that edge is really close and I feel like that's what catches young guys out is they at least for me like I made mistakes and then try to back off and drive easier and it just doesn't work so it's one of those places you have to be kind of on that edge and um you know just just have to really cut it close but that's what makes speed but also being patient enough to not overstep that edge because you really can't you know you can maybe do it a couple times but uh, it's tough Um, it's up there for sure. I mean, probably not the, the win that sticks out just of, you know, dominating the race or anything like that, but, um, being up front, being in contention and, and based on the past history we've had here, I think it, it definitely, you know, it stacks up pretty high. All right, William, thank you and congratulations. Appreciate it. All right, everyone. It was a great weekend at Darlington. Kyle's at work today, didn't get to call in, but we're going to save his two sound clips for Thursday. He'll be off Thursday and be back with us. My next race, Worldwide Technology in St. Louis. I think that's June the 3rd.
and then from there we'll skip a couple of weeks and then it's uh, to that concrete in Nashville. I, I like that track. It's a really neat track. I like to watch them race on concrete. Now, it's just a little bit different to me. The speeds are different. The cars handle different. But, uh, guys, I want to thank Kerry Thorpe and everybody at Darlington Speedway. It was great to meet and get to see my old friends, Kent Winters, over corporate sales at Richmond, Darlington, and Martinsville. So if you've got a company and you want to kind of put your name out there, Kent's the guy that can put you out on the midway and uh, let you show your wares. They absolutely had a great midway out at uh, Darlington this weekend. Uh, I'll be posting that video up probably tonight, tomorrow. I walked through there where they keep the souvenir trailers and they were giving away a lot of stuff, a lot of activities for kids going on out there. Will Power. Got to meet Will this weekend. Will travels around building tents and selling NASCAR merchandise. If, you, if, if you're at the track, look Will Power. He's on, he is on TikTok. He's making live TikToks. He'll show you what he's got. He's got some great pieces that look good in a man cave. If your wife or not, or anywhere else in the house, if your wife lets you bring it in the house. But uh, from the, uh, scale down cars to body parts and t-shirts, anything NASCAR souvenirs, got some wonderful, beautiful NASCAR prints that they have come uh, available. He's come through those. They're for, for what they are. There's the Dale Earnhardt sign, Kyle or Richard Petty sign, Bobby Hamilton. He's got it. Also, guys, uh, mentioned uh, Kent, his brother Kurt, and his son Chase. We've been friends for a long time. Even got to see my old buddy Michigan Jim introduce. The great part about that weekend, one of the things was Michigan Jim's been an usher at Michigan University at the, at the stadium, football stadium, for 58 years. <coughs> Excuse me, y'all. But Kent, Kurt, and Chase is a graduate of Michigan, so I got to hook up some Michigan football fans with a Michigan usher and they, they exchange numbers and uh, be meeting up at the ball game next year. Jim, hey, I didn't get to see you after the race. Man, I'll see you down the road. You know, I'll see you at the next track. But, guys, you're looking for something to do with your kids? Pretty awesome sport. The truck race and the Xfinity race. Got an adult ticket. Most of the time, kids 12 and under are free, so uh, pretty cheap entertainment, really, to be able to take the kids. So I'm on my way home, guys. It's uh, about five more hours to go, but I'm going to gain an hour, which is a good thing. 
So look for us on Thursday night, guys. Appreciate everybody tuning in, sharing around, kicking around. Hit that subscribe button on my YouTube page. Got over a thousand videos on that. Big time rocket. Keep that light shining, folks. I'll be back Thursday night with Kyle Magna. And that's the Rowdy Magpie Show.